Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Rob and Callie Show. My name is Callie Alpert, and I'm sitting here chuckling at my cute friend, soul brother, Rob K., sitting across from me. What's up, y'all? <laughs> How's it going, everybody? You were doing a little toggle head dance there. It was very cute and funny. I'm just, I'm excited to be recording another episode. Okay. This is a lot of fun. So today we're going to be talking about negative emotions and becoming comfortable with them. I don't have negative emotions at all. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you and good night everybody. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and and that's a wrap. <laughs> that episode show. was so easy. <laughs> that, that's the world's shortest podcast ever. Um, well actually, you know what? I could almost draw some, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I could almost draw a little bit of um, an, an analogy to even your joke because for most of my life, mm. I had very like little relationship. My relationship with negative emotions or the comfort of them was that short-lived. Yeah. And I think back to, I mean, there's such a plethora, obviously, of negative emotions we all, we humans all enjoy in the course of our days. And I'm thinking about how long it's taken me to become comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about earlier, um, especially when it comes to the emotion of anger, which is, I, I would say, probably anger and fear, even though they're very intertwined, may be the two most universally uncomfortable negative feelings for most people. Mm-hmm. That's just my own mm-hmm. um, unofficial sort of kind of characterization of, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking about... Um, I've been working out with a trainer recently, which in and of itself is hilarious if you know me because I am no gym rat and that's a whole separate story. But I have the most godsend, amazing, special trainer person in my life. And we box a lot. He brings his pink, hot pink boxing gloves and I really enjoy it and it tends to be as part of the car, um, cardio aspect of what I'm doing and often we end that way. Mm. And so... Of course, they have to be hot pink for you. <laughs> it's like black gloves, red gloves, no way. They gotta be hot pink. Yeah. I can't even take credit. He actually told me the story. It was for another client that he he originally bought those gloves but they're they're cute and i was remembering i told him the story that when i was a kid uh in my i don't know double digits 10 12 something like that one year for hanukkah present my mother um bought me i don't even know if this was technically from my dad or just solely from my mother bought me one of those stand up punching bags like on the spring you know mm-hmm. with a little stand mm-hmm. and showed it to me we had it in our finished basement in new jersey and i thought what in the hell is this and why is she giving this to me mm-hmm. and i didn't resonate with it and i found it kind of annoying mm-hmm. and she told me it's because she was concerned that i didn't have an outlet for my anger and hostility and that that would be a really great device for me mm-hmm. through which to release and I did not get it all these years later I can really appreciate it because the truth is is I've had no a very uncomfortable um, unpeaceful relationship with the emotion of anger and uh, we you know well I can I can go on and on about the ways that that's manifested in my life but I would say that that's the uh, emotion with which I've had the most discomfort mm-hmm. and the least amount of um, outlet or ownership mm-hmm. um, growing up. I think a lot of people and in society in general, we feel like negative emotions have no value whatsoever and they should be avoided and that there's something wrong with you if you have them. And I 
try and remind myself that it's part of being a human being mm. is we have lots of different emotions and there's a whole spectrum. There's lots of different colors to life. And when I was growing up, I, again, I had depression. I had a lot of trouble being sad. I was a very friendly kid and I liked people, but at the same time I felt sad a lot of the time. And as far as anger, I don't think I really was in touch with it at all. Um, so for me, it was more about the heaviness of sadness. And I think that emotion in my life has been one that I've tried to grapple with and accept about myself is that once in a while I get sad. Now, in my early 20s, I remember they tried to put me on medication for depression and things like that, and nothing really worked for me. Mm. So I had to figure out alternative ways like meditation and prayer and exercise and you know, doing different things, therapy, um, to figure out different ways to outgrow my depression. And I, I've heard depression is called anger turned inward. Right. So I think when I was growing up, I had a lot of anger. I just wasn't aware of it. And then once I got older, I started to see that I was not only sad, but the sadness was really anger that I was turning on myself sometimes. And then sometimes it was just being sad. Mm. Um, and I think also... When I was a teen, I got arthritis and it was it was juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And I got it at a time where my family was going through a very tough time. And I think I just took out what was going on in my environment on my body. And for years, I had to take anti-inflammatories and I had to deal with arthritis in a very minor way. You would never know that I had it. And it was only recently, three or four years ago, that I outgrew medication where I feel like I've done enough work on myself, God bless the universe, that I don't need medication anymore or any anti-inflammatory, and you'd never know that I had it. But I think I got it because I held all those negative yeah. emotions in because it's just not something that I was used to doing when I was a kid, was expressing that. It's something I've learned as an adult. Yeah, and me too. And right, I hear you. Um, you know, you talk about uh, that's. I, I mean, obviously, arthritis is an inflammatory disease. Anger is an inflammatory emotion, and mm. so it makes perfect sense. Although these are not the conversations that most people were having when we were growing up. It's more common now to to find correlations between emotions and what's happening in your body. Um, but thankfully, you know, you did, I'm, and I'm happy for that. I grew up. You know, in my household, when there was anger, I was terrified. I was cowering in my bedroom, hiding from it. And so I, um, between that and never feeling like I learned the language or had a safe place to go with feeling it myself, I just had no relationship with it whatsoever. And I'm such a firm believer, we've talked about this before, that you know all the relationships, especially romantic ones that come into our lives, tend to be the mirrors to play out all of our early lessons yeah. and our early dynamics in life Yeah, that I think about an, a, a very formative uh, relationship with, um, that I had with a boyfriend for five years. And during that time is when all of it kind of imploded. Um, our dynamic was not, a, I mean, there was a lot of love and there was a reason we had gotten together in the first place, but in retrospect, I can say much more, you know, more wisely mm. that it was really there to hold up a mirror to a lot of these issues. So, um, something would happen and I would get angry and I would let it fester and fester and fester, or I'd get defensive. I, I just didn't have a language to take ownership in some sort of a comfortable way. I felt like I couldn't give myself permission to feel negative feelings, either to feel 
dissatisfied with something and just take ownership and have the right kind words to express it. Mm. Or I didn't have um, the right language for when he took issue with me. So I was really, like I said, very reactive and defensive and then would just like explode with, I would say rage sounds a little extreme because I've Mm. never been, you know, violent or rageful. Mm. But I didn't have a nice, clean, safe place. I wasn't giving myself permission to feel those feelings. Yeah. Because I'd never learned how to do that. Yeah. And so that's when I started therapy. Um, that was now many, many you know years ago. Mm-hmm. And I like to think I'm a pretty different person now. And I'm much more comfortable with these negative emotions. But even to this day, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this recently. When I have issue, if I'm angry with somebody and I take issue, first of all, I have to find my words, which is still at this age very difficult for me to do. Mm-hmm. It's very uncomfortable. I have to give myself a speech first before I even mm-hmm. rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And then when I do it, if someone receives it, I almost, if not always, cry because there's still that trigger that feels like some sense of relief because the um, reception to my negative emotions is I, I'm not I haven't grown to expect that. Yeah. And what a huge lesson and gift it is when you can have a safe, fertile place for things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've talked about before on the show how when I was in my 20s, I had such a temper and I was just fighting with everybody, especially at work. I just was triggered all the time and I had no idea what to do about this temper. And then eventually I got into really good therapy and rage therapy you know, taking a wiffle ball bat to a pillow and realizing that beneath this rage was so much hurt. Right. It was so much hurt. And I remember as a kid, if I would get into a fight with someone in my family, we'd be screaming. And then all of a sudden I'd be crying because beneath me yelling was really this kid who was just hurting, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. And so it's something that I've tried to, to remind myself about that. It's a process, you know, learning about this stuff. This is a big topic we're talking about. Some people never talk about negative emotions at all. They stuff it. They smoke it away. They drink it away. They drug it away. They eat it away. Keep going. All sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, but it's like, they'll just do anything to not feel this emotion because it's not comfortable. It's not feeling joy and happy and free and just love and life. This is some heavy shit sometimes. And But this is where, from getting this energy out, so many good things can happen. And I call it clearing a space for love and abundance to have a home. And so I have to keep clearing that space and expressing these emotions. And there are different ways to do it. And so one of the things that I've learned is that I can say I'm angry whether I'm yelling it or saying it. Right. And it, I'm going to have the same reaction to it when I say it loudly or whether I just say it calmly, just me saying I'm angry has such a power in and of itself. I was also thinking about how I think women especially are not taught that it's all right to get angry. It's all right to express negative emotions. And I remember when I was a kid, my family had tickets to the Giants games, the New York Giants football. And we used to go to the games in the 70s, and they were horrible back then. But anyway, like people in the stands were always yelling and screaming that probably, you know, they're just so angry the team was bad. But I remember my mom would be like, knock his head off. (laughs) And I remember talking to her about this, and she said to me that that was the only place Mm. where she could express anger. And I've always remembered that. And women especially 
I want to support y'all to express these negative emotions. It doesn't matter what sex you are. It doesn't matter anything about you. We're human beings and just get that energy out somehow, some way, you know? There is. That's a great story. I'm thinking of, you know, you know me. I'm not exactly the most avid sports person. I don't care that much. I love you. But half the time you tell me your Mets stories, like I'm excited, but I don't really connect. And to that point, I will be front and center somewhere at, a, you know, whatever, in front of a TV set um, at a restaurant or at someone's home screaming my ass off to the television set because I do watch the climactic games and I was never conscious. I was conscious of the fact that the idea of hooting and hollering is very cathartic. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there's an extra layer of outlet there. Um, you know, in, uh, in um, solidarity with your mom in the 1970s mm-hmm. um, that really gives, uh, it's it just gives you the opportunity to get that energy out. I used to always uh, joke, earlier in my career, I interviewed a lot of um, rock stars. And, you know, I've often talked with friends about how much I marvel at the idea of some of these old timers that are still, shouldn't even be alive, God bless them, mm-hmm. and are still standing and are some of the healthiest, like they're thin and healthy and, you know, living um, later in life and still performing and great stamina and their hairlines are still really great when that's a whole other story, but I always notice that as well. And I think, I think it's because they're yelling their guts out for the, you know, the better part of 30 years in their oh, rock and roll yeah, careers. So there's something, yeah. you know, that to me is like one of the common denominators that I've come up with as to, you know, besides all the resources that they have that really keeps them healthy, despite yeah. all the ways that they've really poisoned, you know, intoxified their bodies. Yeah. So maybe there's a counteraction there to getting, you know, getting them um, uh, just um, emotions out and having some outlet for it. You know, to your point, though, I'm a huge proponent of doing things, um, expressing negative emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, anger, especially if someone else is involved. I am a huge proponent of doing of, of learning better, and I had to do that too because again, I didn't have the language for it. Yeah. So I remember actually our very um, our old friend Deb, who introduced us many moons ago, mm. was probably the first person who taught me this. She went to um, therapy. She was one of the first people that I knew that went to therapy. I've since been and um, as, as my extended family been going to her her therapist and her therapist's husband, who's also a therapist, for many many moons, many decades. And she simply said to me, yeah, you have to learn to say, you know, I feel rather than pointing a finger, you, you know, accusing anybody. And it's like anger 101. But when she first told me that, I I had no idea what she was talking about, frankly. I'm not proud of that. But um, and I've since, you know, learned and and I think really become more comfortable with that whole dynamic. Mm. But you do have to find a good way to say it. So to your point about the idea of like yelling or exploding as opposed to just taking ownership and saying it, again, I think it comes down to giving yourself permission to feel the feeling. I think therein lies half of the battle of it coming out in a healthy way. Yeah, I think for me, that was my weakness. I wasn't okay with me feeling it. I was scared and uncomfortable and unfamiliar with what was going on Mm -hmm. when I felt these, these certain, you know, emotions. It's like learning a new language and how to express it. When you're in that emotional state, it's hard to be in that state. Like you said at all, then to communicate that to somebody else, that's a whole other challenge. So I, I think like anything, it takes practice for me. It's been learning other ways to 
sort of express that emotion. And I like what you said about music or singers, because I have like certain anger songs like Metallica, Eminem. Mm. Like I'll just put on these really angry songs and just get this shit out and not hold it in. And then I I also have sad songs like, you know, people have, you know, where if I'm in a real diamond or like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) I'm trying to think what could really embarrass me that I tell people I have on my music list. Air supply. no, um, I, you know, it's, I can't think of anything. If I think of it, I'll let people know, but I have like a whole set list where I just go to certain songs and sometimes I'll sit in my apartment and just sing and sing it out. Like some of these singers do. The other thing I learned to do is something I may have talked about this on the show before, but it's rage typing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I sit at the computer, I open up a word document and I put on like a 60 font in capital letters and I just type and I just type out all my rage, all my anger. Don't worry about spelling or punctuation or anything. And I'm usually, you know, raging at somebody about something. And then usually halfway through typing, I start crying sometimes because beneath that anger is hurt and I just need to get it out. And, you know, just as far as men are concerned, I really think and I know this sounds like such a, a general idea for the world, but I think so many wars could be avoided and so many fights could be avoided if guys just got in touch with their emotions a little bit more and express them in a healthier way. And it's something that I try and work with clients with and something that I'm trying to remind people just in general on the show and in life that if guys could channel this in a healthier way where they're not abusing their partner or they're not doing something self-destructive to themselves where they're just learning how to get this energy out of their system it would just help them and it would help the world in general yeah it's that sort of limbic dinosaur brain that we all have but it is made um, in men differently than it is in women and I don't know if that's for better or worse I mean again maybe for women we also have been conditioned societally to sort of sublimate it and Mm -hmm. so we're not as in touch with it but either way it is a very dangerous thing and I do think it's this it's it's um, at the root of most war um, of most um, crime that happens in this country. Yeah. Um, I really do believe you, and that's, I really do agree with you, and that's not to point fingers, but whether that is societal conditioning or, or pure raw DNA and testosterone, um, mm. I don't know. Perhaps it's a, perhaps it's a combination. Yeah. But I think the common denominator here is to find ways to healthily process negative anger I guess is really what we're talking about more than anything else or any of those negative emotions or again having the cojones to sit with it and dig into it and go underneath it and realize that sadness always belies anger Mm -hmm. and that that's really the benefit of tracing back I mean I remember I'm thinking about uh, Thanksgiving dinner with my family and we had some friends um, of my parents that were there and Somebody was talking about anger and the husband said, you know, to whomever it was that was talking about anger, what are you really angry about? They were Mm -hmm. talking about some circumstance in their life. He he said, you have to really trace it back. Imagine sort of a string from this moment that you're feeling the anger and keep going backwards Just sort of walk yourself backwards because there's always some... um, some cord, some trigger that it's at the root of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you can just look at that and be really honest with yourself and then find your outlet, that's a way better way to sort of disperse that and break it up. Yeah. 
I do think I love your points about um, all the different ways that we can do that. Right. Mm. You can punch a punching bag. You can I, I have my songs, too. I have my bands that are like for when I'm in more frustrated moods, my really loud um, sort of, you know, more metal bands and rock bands yeah. that I blast and sing really loudly in yeah. the car. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's as simple as calling a friend and mm. talking it out Just or venting. Mm-hmm, yeah. or writing the letter that you don't push the send button, at, you know, to afterwards that's that's the other mistake that we can make just to remind people you don't press send (laughs) afterwards do not you save it and then you wait a day or two or a week or two and i can attest to not doing that it doesn't go well it really doesn't go well it's the old cliche count to 10 it's such a trite it's not trite but it's such a you know such a cliche thing that we learn when we're kids there's a lot of value to that because it's just like breathe and create some space and recalibrate let your pendulum swing back to the middle and find your center and it will always end up better that way nah fuck it i'm sending this (laughs) in the moment it feels great yes oh no oh shit and then you read it back and you're like oh maybe i could undo that i think i tried to undo it once or twice too is there any way you can you know i I, I was looking for the the creation where you could undo an email that you you know just sent but yeah yeah hey that was the joke was on me I'm trying to think of other negative emotions that like, yeah. So, well, I want to talk about sadness because a lot of times and, you know, maybe it's my artist's temperament or just who I am. But one of the things that's been a challenge for me in my life is is sadness. And I usually feel like I'm doing something wrong when I'm sad. And it's something I've tried to accept about myself. And look, I'm not as sad as I used to be. And that's great. You know, I don't have depression like I did when I was younger and in my 20s and even in my 30s. Even and since we've met. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm much lighter than I, I've ever been. And I think that's why, you know, we talk about all these different ways that, you know, people can help themselves with that. I think, though... Lately, you know, I've been sad and um, sometimes I just get into a mood like, um, you know, the five stages of grieving. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go over them for people that don't know. And I think it's also the five stages of post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's denial, bargaining, depression, anger and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes in my life I bounce through that when I'm grieving and I'm talking about people that I've lost in my life. And mainly for me, it's my grandfather who I was very close with. And then my stepdad who I was very close with. And they were just two very special people in my life who, um, made me feel very special. And sometimes it's hard to be on earth without them. And lately, I don't know if it's the change of seasons or the fall or the holidays approaching, but I just been sad and missing them. And just to give everybody an idea, before my grandfather passed away, I used to go to his house, and this is before people had iPhones and you know you could record things right there, but I used to have a cassette recorder and I used to pop a cassette in and just tape him. Mm. And I had all these cassettes when he passed away and then I made like the best of pop because <laughs> we used to call him pop. And so now I can listen to him whenever I want. So anybody out there who hasn't done that yet and you have a special person in your life and they're getting older and you want to really have something that you can listen to after they're, after they're gone or a video to watch, you know, just want to remind you to do that. So anyway, so lately I've just been missing them. Mm. And the other day I just cried. I was just so sad and just grieving. And, you know, my dad passed away five years ago and I still sometimes cry like he passed away yesterday. 
And my grandfather, same way, he passed away um, 12 years ago. And sometimes I feel like I just lost him. And I usually have the same reaction. Why am I so sad? I shouldn't be sad. Mm. Why am I crying about this? And it's like, no, I'm a human being. I have negative emotions. I'm just going to allow myself to be sad. And it's one of the reasons why I'm glad we're doing this topic, because I think allowing myself to feel those emotions and get them out makes it so I can be happier or so that I can have more times where I can feel joy because I'm allowing all different kinds of emotions. I think that's really the number I was just going to say also in the grief um, comes in, in so many forms too. you know, grieving can come over a lost job, a lost situation. I mean, there's there's ways that we grieve little little deaths, not to minimize the, yeah. the ones where we lose our loved ones, but they're um, in no, a lot of different ways. They're losses. Mm hmm. Yeah, and they are, and um, and they do apply. So whether that evokes anger or hostility or sadness or fear or anxiety, these are all emotions that we really work really hard to avoid. And I do think, like you just, you know, to your point, that one of the um, first steps to any of this is to accept that we're feeling like shit and to really be okay with that because the more you resist that – the more dense space you create around everything else. And then it just becomes a compounded mound of muck yeah. that just, you know, builds up years after year or year after year after year and just becomes harder to chisel away at. And so, um, it's not an easy thing to do and it's not comfortable, but I do think so much of this again boils down to, uh, validating our experience no matter what it is it's very easy to validate experiences when you're in love when you're having a good day when things are going well mm. but it's equally if not more integral i think to our um you know our whatever spiritual process or just trying to grow up is when you do it when things feel you know when, when we're dealing with negative issues and negative emotions yeah to me that that's probably the first step and then another thing that's integral is to find um safe outlet for these feelings again whether it's to call a friend to scream at the top of your lungs to write a letter to walk your dog to mm. kiss your boyfriend I mean, whatever it is there's no mm. right or wrong mm. but i think just to stop and give yourself permission to sit with it and be okay in the uncomfortable i think that is so important yeah I really like the punching bag at my gym and I just go to town on that thing and just get the rage out there. And, uh, it's such a good feeling because again, growing up, I was sort of this artistic kid who never really focused on rage or, you know, being like an alpha male guy. Mm. So when I can get in touch with that in, in all different sides of myself, I just feel like a, a more complete person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sadness and just getting it out and, allowing ourselves the space to do it yeah you know i just i'm amazed that sometimes i i still get sad about certain things and i'm glad you talked about all different kinds of losses because there's so many other kinds of losses and just death you know it's just anything where there's a situation or a person in our life who's not there anymore and that can be sad and produce negative feelings that we got to get out of our system so we can go on and meet other people to fill that void and that space in our life. Right. Just like band-aid after band-aid. I also think it's really important to relax and to just breathe. It sounds, again, so cliche, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and some line out of a bad, I don't know. 
meditation podcast. <laughs> um, but I think the point is that the more uh, that is, is to remember that everything is transitory and nothing is permanent. So mm-hmm. good stuff's not permanent yeah. and bad stuff's not permanent. And the key ideally is to find yourself in the middle so that these things don't even impact you. But while they are is to just relax into it and let it soften yeah because the resistance just makes it linger longer yeah yeah one of the most valuable things i've gotten from therapy and also from just people in my life that are close to me in my inner circle is when i tell them i'm angry or sad and they validate me oh yeah i'd be angry too or i'd Mm. be sad too or that's all right and i'm like it is oh okay and it just helps me allow the process to happen so that I can, you know, get it out and go on with my life. So it's um, it's a good topic and it's good we're talking about it. And if this is new information for somebody who's listening and they're like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> like, just breathe. Like Callie said, the next time you're angry or sad and just allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling. With that, this is the end of another episode. My name's Rob Kay, and I'm a life coach in New York City. If you want other information about me or you're interested in getting a life coaching session with me or you want to check out my life coaching album, You Are the Hero, Coaching and Affirmations, you can go to robkay.com. And my name is Callie Alpert. You can find out more about me at calliealpert.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Take care.